Welcome back, listeners, to a brand new episode of The New Standard. And we're coming to you on December 23rd, 2023, shortly after the Steelers' dominant victory over the Cincinnati Bungles to get themselves back in the hunt for the playoffs. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left, Big Neil. What's up, Big Neil? Merry Christmas to you, sir, and the Coulongs. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. You especially, though, Lance. You and your family for having to put up with you the way that they do. Just fantastic, kind, (laughs) patient people. We are in a fantastic mood, Lance. And you want to know why? Because the Steelers just defeated the Bengals 34 to 11. Wasn't it 34? Yeah. 31 to 11. 34 11. Why is this not refreshing? 34 11. This was, by any measure, the best game this team has played in probably five years. And I, I don't think that's hyperbolic. Tell me if I'm wrong. They, they elected, the, the Steelers won the toss and elected to kick the bejesus out of the Bengals in this game. This was never a competition. I will admit, if we are going to throw a little bit of of coal in people's stockings for this game, I don't think the Bengals played particularly well, to put it mildly. That was a nightmare game for them. Jake Browning returned to earth in the fashion that we figured that he would at some point. He's no longer out taunting the Vikings for having cut him. He looked like the quarterback that he probably should be in most games. Two terrible decisions on interceptions. Ineffective for the vast majority of the game. One interception at the end was a fantastic play by Alex Highsmith, who might have played his best game as a a pro. Steelers dominated this wire to wire. The highlight of that, George Pickens with a Randy Moss-like four-catch, 195-yard, two-touchdown performance, pacing the Steelers, starting from the first play of the game, 86-yard, skinny post, caught, catch and run, touchdown pass, which set up star number two of the game, Mason Rudolph, who came from... We wanted him to come from obscurity. He didn't even come from obscurity. He came from like the armpit of his of obscurity. Nobody wanted Mason Rudolph, myself included, myself probably in particular. He played a phenomenal game today. Not a, an all-pro level game, but he made good decisions. He was poised in the pocket. Now, anybody else have a good laugh when he almost took the safety at the end of the game? You're killing me. Yeah. You're killing me, Mason. I'm about to praise you for everything that you did, and you almost take a safety. Good on him for getting out of the way, though. I mean, he, he hasn't done that in the past, so it shows he had some awareness in this one. I thought he played very well. Um, he played like a veteran quarterback, like you would hope a backup quarterback would come in and play. The Steelers lost the last two games because they did not have a backup quarterback who came in and played at that level. Season is completely different if they had that. We'll get into that all offseason. I'm sure that now is a very interesting decision to make. Two of them, really. Do you go with with the hot hand Mason Rudolph next week in another must-win game at Seattle? Or is Kenny Pickett going to be healthy enough to play? Or does that matter? Oh, oh. I'm glad you brought that up, Neil Neil Stradamus Kulong. And before we jump into that, I want to jump into uh, Brother Jay's point. Great prediction, lads. Blah. (laughs) 
yeah, I got that wrong, Brother Jay. But I wanted to ask you a question, Brother Jay. Are you Brother Jay from X-Clan with a key, you sissies? Or tell me your Brother Jay from X-Clan, outstanding MC from Brooklyn, used to be the front man for X-Clan. Hopefully, I am talking to Brother Jay with a key. But before we get into the question of the quarterback, I want to wish everybody out here who's listening to the program a happy holidays, Festivus, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, whatever you partake in. I want to wish you that. I want to give you a happy holiday tidings. Hopefully, everybody was able to watch the game and do it safely. Hopefully, everybody's out there uh, can have a great holiday season and bring it in with festive love and cheer. You see how happy I am, Neil? How, how, how my tone just really changes when the Steelers win and we don't have to philosophize about what's, what's happening next. And, that. and by the way, as before we get into the question about the quarterback, there was a bombshell nugget, if you believe it to be true, that was dropped by Mike Florio, that there is no issue or no controversy about the return of Mike Tomlin and that they're currently negotiating a long-term contract and that Mike Tomlin will be back in the near future and moving forward as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your thoughts on the bombshell dropped by Florio? Or was it a bombshell? I, I I think he couched it a little bit more than that. It, it was not a breaking news item um, it, it, as much as it was, we're going to address this because we have to, and whatever source it is that Florio spoke with isn't going to tell him that they're going to fire Mike Mike Tomlin, okay? It's that That's not going to happen leading into a game with Mike Florio, of all people. That is not to say that that's not a, a, a possible outcome, if not a likely outcome. I can see that, but... I, I still would like to point out whether they're talking about it or not, he does not have a contract extension. What that means more than anything Facts. is he did not sign one last year. So there is some referendum on Mike Tomlin or it's Mike Tomlin having a referendum on the team one way or another. It wasn't signed. If they, if that is 48 hours after the season, what they do wouldn't surprise me, but they're going to have to do that uh, in, in order to move forward with the off season. So it, it, it is something that matters. It is something of significance. I don't think that that's something they're going to say definitively today, though. There, there's still some time left in this season. Um, if, if they have ever negotiated a coach's contract in the middle of the season, I, I never would have heard of it anyway. But I don't think it's something that uh, it, it is significant. It's not surprising that that's what you would hear. Um, none of that, though, changes the fact he did not have an extension last year. And I, To me, that's really the more important thing. The fact of the matter is, though, a, a team that played its best game, certainly offensively, in a very, very long time, in difficult circumstances, even if the game is at home against an opponent you know, not a very strong quarterback, they had two other games like this recently that didn't go in their favor. The fact that they could, could pull this off says something. And it, it does show there's reason to have some optimism about this team. That is their eighth win of the season. In the old, the, the old metrics, the old scoring system, Tomlin would have just clinched another non-losing season. Uh, he's <laughs> got to get one more now. Two games to go. Playoffs on the line. They're at Seattle. It is a very, very difficult road trip. And from very. there, 
playing the Ravens in Baltimore, a game that might not have any significance for Baltimore at all, except uh, if they were to lock up the bye heading into that, they would play their starters. Odds are very good. You're going to get Baltimore's best in that game. So it, it's it's a, a long way from over for Tomlin and the Steelers this season, but it is important to note that there there is reason to, to wonder what exactly happened, what the expectations internally really were, and what that does for the team's moves moving forward. Does this save Eddie Faulkner's position, Mike Sullivan's position? Is two decent games, which happen to be vastly better than anything else that we've seen over the last two years, um, both of those against the hapless Bengals, who are probably going to fall to the basement of the AFC North, is that enough to say Eddie Faulkner slash Mike Sullivan, this is the tandem we want to go with, this is how we're going to do it? That's the real question here, and there's still two games left to decide that. You know, I'm going to raise my hand and answer that question, and here's a couple of things on that. I am not falling off my I don't want Tomlin back. I'm firmly in that camp. I'm firmly in that camp for the fact that the Steelers now with 34 points probably raised their points per game up from 15.9 to about 16.3. Yes, fan Fantastic, glorious, and thank you, Grim, for bringing that up with the glorious X-Clan reference. And Brother Jay, la- uh, can, can we call you Brother Glorious? Can we call you Glorious on this show, or can we call you Brother X? Who are you talking Let us to? know, <laughs> Brother X, Brother Jay. See, see, now, let me acknowledge you on this. Now, there was a group back in the late 80s, early 90s called X-Clan, and their lead rapper was Brother Jay from Brooklyn, and their and their, uh, their slogan, I guess, was Van Glorious with the key, you sissies. And so they used to do that on every show. So if you know, <laughs> so they was like, what the hell is X-Clan? So <laughs> that Neil, didn't pick up, huh? So, Neil, wasn't a thing. so when you, uh, we end the show, <laughs> go look up X-Clan. Uh, and so like, <laughs> yeah. So Marcus J is like X-Clan. That's old school. Absolutely X-Clan is old school. But I'm firmly on the Tomlin out train be- because of the same reasons before with the offense, his issues with offense. And it's interesting that you bring up the point about the construction and moving forward, is this enough to keep the current regime in place with the offense? Because I would imagine you're scrapping Canada's offense, and part of what you're going to do in the offseason is create and craft a new offense around your personality. That is the hope. So so my thought is, if that's the hope, and we don't know, if you don't have either of those two guys around and you bring in another coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, say, he's bringing his system, another system, new coach, new voice, new vision, new everything in terms of how to coach it, install it, everything. So I'm like, you got to move forward with the offense. But the one thing about it, to Florio's point, before we jump into this game, and this was a meteor game, like I saw – Haley's comet fly by in this particular game today. We don't know what's going on in the building. We, we we think we do. We can speculate on what's going on in the building, but the way we see it is not necessarily the way they see it. They are being very real with themselves 
inside the building. They know the roster. They know the talent. They know what the expectation or the proper expectations are. From the outside looking in as fans, we think the expectation is always a world championship. But that not that might not be the expectation in the building. But, but let me, let's jump into this game. Quarterback controversy? We got a quarterback controversy going into Here's, Seattle? Let's, let's lay this out because I, I think there are two ways to look at this. They waited a bit. Mike Tomlin pulled the the we'll leave the door open for Kenny Pickett this week. I think in in some sense there's we don't have any faith in our third string quarterback even if he has started in the NFL. There's a reason we bypassed him pretty much every step of free agency until it was like okay, fine. Now let's let's bring him in. He was not a priority. He's not paid very much. Uh, the reason he's on the team truthfully is because teams can roster a, a third quarterback and dress them on game day without penalty. Now, without they have to, to use a practice squad spot for it, but it, most teams are doing what the Steelers have done this year, keep the third quarterback for this kind of situation. It gave you some roster flexibility. They wanted Pickett on the field. The only thing that we know for absolute certainty, in fairness, was there is no way in hell Mitch Trubisky was starting this game if Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph was healthy. So rule him out unless the, the unthinkable happens again. They were going with healthy uh, picket if that was their opportunity. If it was going to be Rudolph, that's what they have to go with, That then that's fine. That's not likely the decision that they have to make next week. Okay, We don't know where Pickett is today, truthfully. We know that he practiced a little bit, I think, right? Uh, he did not uh, uh, get activated for the game. He was out. So... If he is able to play, logically, you would think it would be Pickett. But at the same time, this is a, a, a road game, which I hate to point this out. Anyone who's ever flown before with any type of injury, you can aggravate it on a plane, especially a five-hour flight, Pittsburgh to Seattle. I've made that flight. It's brutal. It's a completely different day by the time you land. That's a hard trip. If you're going to Baltimore, I think it's a different story. But it, that's it's a long flight. It's a short – you get the extra day now. They play Sunday next week, right? You might be able to mitigate that if Pickett is 100%. But you have to think, if he's 85%, do you really want him to go when you have kind of the element of surprise going for you with Rudolph? They didn't put a ton of film down. Some good stuff. I would argue, too, fairly, and I'm, I'm betting once we break the film down and kind of look at this, Cincinnati's defense screwed up a lot today. They, they did not play a very good game. So... I don't know how much of this truly was Rudolph or if Pickett would not have been able to do anything uh, that Rudolph did today. All I know is Trubisky would not have. And thank you. I want to bring this up simply because this to me is the play of the year. Mason Rudolph third and, and X, I forget exactly what it was seven, eight, something like that. He tucks it to run. Now, as, as you saw, Mason Rudolph looks like a giraffe in the open field. Okay. Nobody is worried about his speed. He tucked the ball. He ran forward. He's there's going to be collision at or around the first down marker. He did not hit his butt the way Trubisky did. He put his shoulder down, his head down. He went forward. He picked up the first down. I even said it to my wife who was sitting next to me during the game. They're going to score on the next play. Just watch. I don't care where it is. I don't care what happens. They're scoring because everyone is fired up after a play like that. And you saw it. They pushed the line. Harris had to move him back a bit. He he got two pretty tough yards. The line was not quitting. 
And the fact that Rudolph is the guy who inspired that. He brought that out of, of everybody else. I know I'm being kind of dramatic about it, but considering we saw Trubisky slide short of a third of, of a first down on a third down play, <laughs> I was cheering at that point for, for Rudolph. Hell of a play. Play of the season, in my opinion. And if if for no other reason than he put everything out there for the team the week after we had receivers not blocking for people, we have teammates taking snipes at other people on the team. Rudolph has nothing but his future to play for, and he's playing with the rest of the team. And good for him. That's what a leader does. He he impressed me a lot today. You know, I I, I you know, as they say back in the day, uh mama never mama never lied. I think it's all facts. Everything you said about Mason is facts. I think when you look at this quarterback controversy, only thing I would add, and I don't think there's a quarterback controversy. The only thing I would add, and it might be, it'll be interesting to see how having a Sunday off and playing the home game in terms of recovery helps Kenny Pickett possibly get back because the week will be a little bit longer to possibly offset that long trip out to Seattle. I think what will happen next week is I think Mason Rudolph will get the start, but I think Kenny will be on the short hook. I think if Mason is not playing well, I think you see Kenny Pickens on a short hook because they got to win that game. That that They have to win that game if they have any chance of going to the playoffs. But let's jump into the other big elephant in the room. And again, listeners, you're checking out the new standard. Please hit us with a like and subscribe. Also, please, I put a link to, uh, I always forget what the name of those are, the, uh, to Doug's, to Doug's, what are, what are those called? Uh, the, the fundraiser. I just call it the fundraiser. Oh, I put a link to, the GoFundMe Go uh, for the GoFundMe for Doug Farrar, friend of the program. If you feel it, uh, a, a so in your heart, please hit that and uh, contribute to uh, the GoFundMe for his daughter in this holiday season. Again, you're checking out the new standard. The other elephant in the room, and that's why this game is named or this show is named Trey who? Bench what? And that's why you saw George Pickens look at the camera do the mouth symbol, and put his hands over his ears. We talked about it in the last show. A head coach's number one obligation is to win football games. It's not to motivate somebody. It's not to educate somebody. It's not any of that. That's part of the job description. And if any of you, I put it on X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it earlier this week, if any of you are parents of teenagers, you can't. You can't motivate them to do anything. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, ultimately, somebody has to want to do it. And he did the best thing that you could do. And we said this on the previous show. When you're dealing with a ton of controversy, shut the hell up and ball. Four receptions, 195. He averaged 48. 0.8 a catch. He, he averaged half no answer a for football him. Awuzier was in junior high compared to Pickens' collegiate All American in that game. 
absolutely no chance. I laughed when they, they had uh, uh, Mike Hilton on Calvin Austin at one point, and that made me laugh until I realized it's because they've got everybody else uh, underneath and over on, on Pickens. And Pickens still beat them deep. Pickens has a boatload of talent. Nobody ever denied that. What Pickens did last week is not acceptable. I'll, I'll trust Mike Tomlin to do what he needs to do with his team, but the reality is you can't do what Pickens did. It damages no. the team. Pickens today it. came and, and played the game hard, and and they gave him opportunities to contribute. Absolutely. It wasn't, you knew they would. It, they didn't reinvent football. It was a skinny post on the first play. Five Bengals tacklers missed him. I don't know how <laughs> that's on them, but he made a play when he got the ball. I, I put that on their defense probably more so than, than Rudolph or Pickens, but we're going to celebrate it like it's the greatest play of all time. It, it's the deep shot down the left sideline on a Wouzier that, that you really saw the, the ability that he has to get open deep when he gets those opportunities. And how many targets did he have? Six. It, it, yeah, it wasn't all that many. They got him the ball the same amount of time that they usually do. He stayed engaged, though. They kept him engaged, and he got better opportunities. That's what's needed here for everything. That'll keep him engaged. I'm not saying you need to placate for him, but you do need to get your star player the ball. And those four catches, that 198 yards, and if you look at the game book, look at the game game. book. You know, the Steelers had 290 yards passing. He had 195 of those. And that's why Trey who? Bench what? Will always be the theme until it's not the theme with George Pickens because his talent is not in question. He is an elite talent. And when he is engaged, he makes plays. And to but but to Neil's point, he has to mature as a professional, and you can only encourage a player to mature. If he doesn't, then he's gone at some point. You can't force a person to be mature. The coach has got to make them account. No, these are grown men. They're either going to figure out that they need to be accountable professionals or they're not, and you have to make a decision. But his talent, which we saw displayed tonight, is going to make that a very difficult decision. Let me jump into a couple other numbers from the game book. Steelers were 7 of 14 on third down, uh, 2 of 3 in the red zone. They had 397 yards of offense. I'm going to go ahead and round that up to 400. They had 300 yards of passing, actually 298. I'm going to round that up again uh, because it's the Christmas season. We're feeling festive. So we're talking about things that we are mysteriously didn't think we would witness in a game. We saw Mike Tomlin win two challenges. We saw the Steelers score more than 30 points. We saw them have 100 yards rushing in a game. We basically saw them have 300 yards passing. We basically saw them have 400 yards of offense and convert 50% of their third downs. You're a much better historian than I am, Neil. Um, I'm going to guess this hasn't happened since uh, the Ice Age. (laughs) You're you're talking pre-elbow injury Ben Roethlisberger Steelers, probably the last time that's happened. 
and I, I had a little bit more hair back then. I probably weighed a little bit more. And it, it's to put all of that together. You and I, Lance, have talked for a long time of the value of splash plays, and they haven't had splash plays until tonight. They have not had splash plays at all. I honestly, I, I I'm not trying to, to <laughs> I'm not trying to slam on Pickens or anything, but the first play was so bad by Cincinnati. They're going to get shredded for that. Um, the Pitts, the, the Steelers gave up one of those to on on Higgins touchdown. That wasn't the greatest thing you've ever seen. But then Pickens did it again, and you you see the athletic ability that he has. Uh, the second one was a thing of beauty. That was a real high quality play, in my opinion. But it, putting all that aside, I, I do think it's fair to point out the, the parallel here because the issue was Pickens standing around because he doesn't want to get rolled up on during a run that Jalen Warren gets stopped at like the one foot line. Jalen Warren threw one of the nastiest, loudest blocks you will ever see or hear in the NFL on picking on uh, the, the, the uh, Austin end around, which sprung his guy for a touchdown. Uh, I saw him, somebody else weigh in. If you saw more than this, I saw two times that Warren stepped up and stoned a blitzer. I mean, just, just stoned him. Jalen Warren's not a big guy. Okay. He got in there and he got after it. He played the game like a man today. And while Pickens, yes, he deserves all the accolades that he gets. It's worth noting uh, there are superstars in this game that didn't put up the same types of stats. When you have all of these things together, Highsmith's performance, Watt's performance, um, I, I thought for a ragtag secondary that we thought was yeah, going to get we'll absolutely torched today. We haven't even talked about the defense. It, it's, it, it, every unit, oddly enough, with the exception of special teams, which really didn't kind of do anything, uh, they, they played well in every position level, and they haven't done this in a long time. It's amazing. We, we could go on for longer than what we were scheduled to go on for, going over the accolades. Um, Pickens deserves his due. I'm not trying to, to take away from that. This was a team win, ironically. It really was. Pickens has his best game, and in my opinion, um, while he gets top billing, the rest of the team showed up and showed out today in a way they have not done this season. An incredibly impressive win. Nice uh, reference, Neil. I'm sure you meant to refer to another hip-hop classic, Top Dylan. Yeah. Uh, MCMI, <laughs> no, people I did call not. me Milk. We know you a hip-hop fan, Neil. We know you You got lyrics. Neil got bars. Yeah, Neil awesome. Bars. At Neil Bars. <laughs> B-A-R-Z. M-C and Neil. People call me Milk. But let's jump into the super chat from Grayson. <laughs> Thank you, Grayson, for the super chat. And Grayson wrote, keeping Mike T is keeping the status quo, remaining a 50-50 a ball club until he evolves as a coach. In his 17-year tenure, nine 10-plus seasons, seven, nine, and seven, uh, 500 seasons. Until Mike T changes, nothing will. I, I, I mean, you know you, you know where I stand on it. Uh, I, I, I'm not confident. I'm sorry. Let's, let's, just, let's not act like he's choosing that, okay? It's just Yes, stupid. yes. It's a dumb point. You know, well, leadership is the same. You know, he aims for nine and seven so he could continue the streak. I promise you, Mike Tomlin does not give a shit about that. He really doesn't. He's not that kind of guy at all. Fans care way more about it. One side or the other. They care way more about it. At the end of the day, he wants to win football games. If you're going to fault him for that, okay, fine. <laughs> I think they all want to win football games, but he does consistently. 
And I also am of the group that I think it's probably time to, to make a change. That has nothing to do with the only thing he wants to do is keep his streak going. That, that's, that's ridiculous. Don't make, don't, don't be intentionally stupid. Okay. It, it's, if you don't like Tomlin, the direction of the team, I don't blame you. I don't really either. I, I, I like Tomlin. I just don't think this situation works anymore. The streak has nothing to do with anything other than people like me using it to piss people like you off because it's fun. You guys go crazy <laughs> over it. And again about Tomlin, you know, the reason why I want Tomlin out is just offensively, I, I don't have faith in his ability to build an offense that's good enough uh, to compete for a championship. I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, you know, it, let's say Mike is back. Right. And, and let's say all that happens, right. What Florio's report is true. I mean, I, I don't necessarily trust Tomlin to bring in a great offensive staff. That's, that's really the question. I mean, that's you it. Know, I, I, I don't really as much about Tomlin. What are they doing? That's what I care more about. If, in my opinion, though, it's lockstep. Okay. If you're going to bring, they're not bringing back Tomlin and then saying, okay, what do we want to do? They're deciding what they want to do. Then they're going to offer the extension if everybody's on the same page. If they're not, he's going to walk. Okay. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah. just business. You wouldn't bother signing the one guy and then thinking about everything else. They know him. <laughs> you know, he's in the building. They have to have an idea of what they want to do. If Rooney and Tomlin, are butting heads over money, over what they want to do with their staff, then maybe that's a reason that they walk. If they are together on it, though, they will know what that plan is, then the extension will be signed. But they are absolutely not extending him until they know what they want to do with their coaching staff. And in my For opinion, sure. great game today, move on. <laughs> you, yes. You've got a clean house there. Yes, I mean, this you've got working. to. I mean, you've got to. I mean, you've got to. You know, and I'm hoping that they could entice a B enemy if he doesn't want to be a head coach to be an OC, or you get somebody from the Shanahan tree, get somebody because I mean, it, it, to George Pickens's interesting comments. And correct me if I'm wrong. Did uh, the head coach of Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, did he ever play uh, college football at all? I'm thinking no. he did. You, have you seen no. that guy? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking he didn't. So that was <laughs> the funny five, thing. Five nine one forty. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the thing that I kept laughing about when uh, Pickens made the comments is that one of the best offensive minds is a guy that never played college football. I hey. mean it, it's 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 about coaching. The it's father about of coaching. the Soviet red machine, a red army hockey team never played hockey. They didn't even know, literally, didn't know what hockey was. You know, it's not about playing the game. It's about advancing it it's about finding uh advantages in what you're doing and then the ability to teach that to other to people teach it yes teach it communicate it but we would be remiss before we get out of here if we did not give major props to this defense that was down basically everybody that played a great <laughs> game three interceptions in the game let me count the sacks. I'm guessing they had about five or six five, sacks in the say. game. Yeah. Uh, let me look here. They actually only had three sacks. It seemed like more three. sacks. A lot of they pressure. Had eight tackles for loss. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Seven pass Might defense. Have called a few of those runs. You know, outstanding game. And, and and before I let you jump in and give you your breakdown of the defense, I mean, we have to say, look, man, we we being a little haterish on this, but you know, Hansy Junior. Of course, got a holding 
<laughs> he, uh, he 14 12. penalties, 40 four. years. 12. Yes, it's week I four. have it at 12. They said 13 on the <laughs> they, broadcast. Yeah, Maybe I'm wrong. But I, uh, handsy, man. Handsy has got to. Great play in the end zone. I love it, too. Great. People, are, people are booing. And based on the social media reaction, you don't know whether they're booing because they think the call was bad or they're booing because it's Porter <laughs> again. The, the, the passes that people have given Joey Porter Jr. this season since he took over as a starter, it's absolutely amazing to me. If that was Levi Wallace, people would be going ballistic over it. Porter cannot continue playing the way he plays. It's that simple. And they're telling him every week, and he's just not listening. He's immediately running over to the sideline, talking to the coaches. He's all angry and demonstrative. It's like, dude, you held him like four times. They're not going to let you get away with that anymore, okay? It's yes. I don't, yes. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not at all surprised. And yes, that should have been called. That was absolutely a penalty. Not even, yes. not even close. And he got bailed out in the end zone, I thought. I thought yeah. they were going to call that in the end zone. But I guess they, you know, I guess they were allowing the corners to play a little bit physical. But I thought that was a play where. Hey, it didn't he, call a whole lot of penalties in this game. There's nothing really ticky-tack about it either. The ones that I saw were pretty legitimate. So they, you know, I think he tend to let him go he, when you're doing that. I think he was on. I think the refs were on the clock. They're like, let's get out of here, man. It's Christmas. I'm trying to get home. Uh, let's, let's wrap this up, buddy. No penalty, no flag. Come on, let's get up out of here. Uh, the J <laughs> Grayson jumps in. Let Hans Junior be. <laughs> he is. <laughs> yeah, he is Hans Junior. He is absolutely, but it was a fantastic win from the Steelers again. I was going to go with uh, Joey Hand job, but probably won't. <laughs> Joey Hand J. <laughs> there we go, Joey Hand J. Where's the second J come from? <laughs> jo Joey Hand J. Or you should call him. Uh, call him the hand zone you know, to be or fair. you can call him the hand jive if, if I'm going back into my movie references. Maybe he was a fan of Greece and he watched everybody <laughs> in Greece do the hand jive. Oh, do the hand jive, baby. My bad, singing. I, I, <laughs> yes, I watched Greece numerous times as a kid. I've watched Greece probably about 50 times. I always wanted to fly in a flying car like John Travolta at the end of the movie. Hey, man, Hans Jr. is legit. Jazz Hans Jr. Yes, here we go. That's not bad. That's that's pretty good. Jazz, jazz, <laughs> jazz hands. But a great victory from the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a wish again before we get out of here. Everybody out there, what a wish you guys a very merry Christmas coming up. Uh, big up to Mel. Big up to Corey Grayson. Call me Co. Uh, big up to everyone who's contributed via super chat to the, the program. We probably shouldn't be making the happy ending <laughs> jokes with the Sean Watson. Joey, <laughs> Joey Happy J. <laughs> uh, but if you can, please, man, the link is out there for the Super Chat, or excuse me, for the GoFundMe for Doug Farrar. Uh, if, you, if you feel so inclined, please hit that and uh, please contribute. Uh, again, Neil, thank you for the journey. Thank you. I'm sure you're going to have a fantastic uh Christmas in the Kulong house. Hopefully, it's not a minus 75. It's balmy, downright balmy, high 30s, probably. 
Nice. Grass still on the ground. Nice. We barely had any snow. This is a, a, a Pittsburgh like winter to this point. Nice. You're outside of playing a flag play for in like two weeks. Just watch. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. We, we wouldn't normally do it now. Thanksgiving would be the absolute cutoff, and that's pretty punishing. <clears throat> uh, nice. Wouldn't do it now, but uh, it, it definitely a, a happy or <laughs> Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you, Lance. It's been a blast yet again this season. We've been doing this for a while. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and every and every time at this point of the year, the Steelers are barely treading water. Steelers are doing exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> duration every. of the entire show. <laughs> every yeah. year, we're we're live on pins and needles, yeah. waiting at the end. Yeah. I, I remember that needles, Ravens game. They'll win the next uh, two, and and you know they're going to win the next two games. Surprise! They're they're, they're going to win the next two games and miss the playoffs. On a wow, main field goal late in, in some yeah, game that happened last year, you know we've we've already seen this. <laughs> yes. yeah, I've, I've <laughs> this seen is it. the thing. This is what drives everybody crazy about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is the king of responding to a three-game losing streak with a four-game winning streak. You know, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if if he was to pull something like that off, just because why not? You know, it it it. This team defies any and all logic on a year-to-year basis. And yes, I, it does. I, I, right now, I don't see why that's going to change. By the way, yeah. Bison Legend Easton Sticks starting a quarterback for the Chargers. The game is And by on. the way, speaking of Bison Legend, uh, what's the name? I wrote his name down. Uh, what's the Wilson. name of the offensive lineman? For, Cordell Volson. No, no, the, the yeah. Jonah. Jonah. No, no I, I texted you that. It, Jonah Williams oh. played at Alabama. Oh, Cordell okay. Volson, the, the the right guard, is from NDSU. Oh, okay, yeah, because Jonah, Jonah Williams is the gift. That, he's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I, love, I, bet, I bet they love that Antonio Brown or the the Orlando Brown signing or signing for the Bengals. You know, he can. You know, he he's he giving whipped. out sacks. <laughs> that, yeah, stuff. that dude got whipped. He's not going to be yeah, happy with film tomorrow. Yeah, he's Tyson giving out uh, gave him a beating today. Yikes, yikes, yikes. But with that, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, Anthony Picano. Merry Christmas, Steeler Nation. And with that, Merry Christmas, Big Mail. We are going to get out of here. Please, as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Ghosted. Merry Christmas, all. Merry Enjoy Christmas. It. Be safe.